Hi, this is Rita Hogan, and welcome to the Dogs Are Individuals podcast. I'm a clinical canine herbalist, and I've been practicing for over 20 years. This podcast is all about your dog through an herbal lens. So let's get to it and dive right in. Welcome back to the podcast. We are here today to talk about yeast. Mary wrote into the podcast and wanted to know how to feed a dog with yeast, what my opinion was, and I am here to give it. First, I want to thank our sponsor, Adored Beast Apothecary. Adored Beast Apothecary, they are a lovely supplement company that has the health and wellness of your dog in mind for sure. They don't have crap ingredients in their products. Their products are sourced at the highest level. And they have some exciting things coming up in the world of the all-natural dog and cat and horse. They deal with horses, dogs, and cats. Check out their website. Their blog is lovely. It is informative. And uh, I yours truly has a couple of articles on their blog. Julianne Lee is the owner of Adored Beast Apothecary along with a humble man named Dion. And they got a great crew over there. I usually talk about specific products, but I just wanted to just uh, mention the company as a whole. I really respect what they're doing. Their products work very well. And no, their products are not going to work for every dog. Every product is not going to work for every dog ever, 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 ever. It's just not. Dogs are individuals. Keep that in mind. You know, keep that in mind. My biggest thing when looking at products for dogs is, is there crap in them? You know, is there fillers in them? Or if there is something in them, why? Why are they using it? You know, the bane of my existence seems to be magnesium stearate. And sometimes people use it and I understand why they use it. I wish they didn't. And that doesn't mean that I don't absolutely not use their product because that's not true. If their product is really great and that's the only thing in there, if my dog reacts to it and doesn't like, sometimes I'll use muscle testing or a pendulum to test uh, my dog's like reactivity to certain things. I've been doing that for a long time. Then I won't use it if they test negative. But if they test positive for it and that everything's, you know, resonating okay, then I'll, I'll give it to them. And, and I've had some products where my dogs have thrived on it when they've had like one or two things that I are definitely on my not so great list. I have some flexi- flexibility. But what I love about Adored Beast is I don't have to worry about that stuff when it comes to their products. And I can really get behind that. Now, I just want to mention... For those of you that use dog chews, like this has nothing to do with Adored Beast Apothecary and let's all thank them for sponsoring my podcast. For those of you that are using chews for your dogs, you know, like hip and joint chews and all those other type of chews, you can't make a chew and have it stick together in a container without a little something that we don't like in it. And I'm just letting you know, it's just, I haven't found it possible. And I'm not a big fan of chews, but they work well for those dogs that just won't take anything. And and so I don't, I'm not going to speak out against them. There are some that are really awful, right? Really awful. But there's some that aren't. 
they're not so bad. And um, again, you want to make sure that they they do well with your dog. Want to make sure your dog's getting benefit from them. But someone wrote into the podcast and asked me about Real Mushrooms Chews. And they're another one of our sponsor. And yeah, I would rather a couple of things not be in those chews. But you can't make a chew without it. That's the thing. And people want chews for those dogs that just can't do anything. And I'll tell you right now, getting a dog to eat reishi mushroom is hard because reishi is so bitter. So having a chew when reishi is well indicated isn't so bad. I think that the positive outweighs the negative. You know, everything isn't black and white. It's There's lots of gray, lots of gray. And people get their feathers ruffled over the gray. I am one of those people, for sure. I do. I, I'm going to admit it. Yep, I do get my feathers ruffled over some really nasty grays. As a formulator, choose. There, there's going to be some stuff in them. We want the least amount as possible, but there's going to be some stuff. So what does that look like? What, is, what does that look like? Well, I'm just going to read off some ingredients here. Uh, we have a chew. Uh, I'm not going to name anything, but we have... Um, they have a bunch of herbs and nutraceuticals and different amino acids like L-tryptophan, uh, melatonin, uh, L-theanine, ginger root, some form of standardized ashwagandha, magnesium citrate. And they're inactive ingredients. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 inactive ingredients in that in that chew, including flaxseed, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, it oxidizes very quickly, uh, super not a fan. Mixed tocopherols, which helps the flaxseed not oxidize so quickly, but they are suspect. They need to know if they're genetically modified, and a lot of them are. Natural bacon flavor, that's in a lot. Natural flavor from oregano, flaxseed, and plum. Turkey flavoring, so we've got three flavorings. Palm oil. And the, the palm oil in this chew does not say it's organic. And it doesn't say that it's sustainable, which means that it's overseen for its sustainability versus just plowing down habitats for palm oil. I'm not a huge fan of palm oil, and I'm hoping that people get rid of their palm oil in their products. We'll go into that some other, some other lifetime or some other episode, but... Uh, yeah, that's don't get me started. And then pea flour, powdered cellulose, rosemary extract, sunflower lecithin, sweet potato, and turkey as our last ingredient. So that's a lot of inactive ingredients, okay? And when you look at real mushrooms inactive ingredients, you know, they have their their active ingredients, which let's just look at, let's see, the relax pet chews, okay? They have lion's mane, reishi mushroom, taurine, L-theanine, L-tryptophan, uh, valerian root, catnip, lemon balm, and passion flower. They have chicken liver, flaxseed, glycerin, lengthicin, natural bacon flavor, chicken flavor, palm fruit, organic and certified, rice flour, sorbic acid as a preservative. So not that many. 
And again, you can't make a chew without some stuff in it. It's just like, you know, you can't make a liquid soap that suds up like crazy without a cost. And that's what, you know, I'm trying to answer the question of the lady that wrote in, I think her name was Beverly. You know, Beverly, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know a treat-making process that um, that will stay soft, okay? Okay, you can make a hard treat all day long, but not a soft treat that's going to stick together. So, and until someone comes up with one, it's going to have a little something in it that may not be fantastic. And the best thing is, is we have freedom of choice, right? No one's forcing you to buy those chews. No one's forcing you to use those chews. So if you have, if you don't want to use them, then don't use them. I don't use chews in my house. Reason being is all my dogs know that they're going to get their medicine and we're going to move on without drama. And they get highly rewarded with something they absolutely love when they get their their medicine, for sure. When they get their herbals, they're just, you know, one of them gets uncured bacon. Just a little nib when they get their their uh, medicine. And they don't care about their medicine. All they care about is the little nib that they can feel going down their throat of the bacon. And there are some really great, like, natural kind of pill pocket recipes out there on the internet and some are crappy, some are good. You could do that and put something in those, like those pill pockets. Some people like shave like a piece of really thin butter and they sprinkle the herbs on the inside of the butter, right? And it sticks onto the butter. They use like a cheese cutter. And I've done this before and it does work. And you sprinkle it on the butter and roll it up and plop it in your dog's mouth. So there's ways around it for those of you that don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? So if you are just completely against it, then just don't use it, right? If you're completely against it, just don't use it. I think that's the best way to go about it. So that is my spiel on choose, okay? Choose I have issues with. They work for a lot of dogs that can't take certain medicines that are very highly indicated for them. And for me, I'm going to look for a chew with the least amount of ingredients. All right. And again, look up homemade pill pockets. I think, you know, a lot of times they just use like like oatmeal powder or almond powder. Uh, I mean, flour, and then a little bit of nut butter and some water to make a pill pocket. Different variations of that to to get your dog to eat certain things. And you can check that out too. Make your own homemade chew. Okay, that's my spiel on chews. We're going to talk about yeast today. Definitely, if your dog has yeast, do not give them chews. Do not give them the ingredients in chews until their yeast is balanced. So yeast, which is mostly uh, candida albicans or candid albicans, it's, it's found in all of our gastrointestinal tracts. And it's usually antibiotics or severe stress that make it overgrown, right? It, over, it has an overgrowth and then it causes problems. And when it's all overgrown in the gut, 
it can cause damage to the intestinal lining and it really creates a like an imbalance with good bacteria, which is also called commensal bacterial. So I cover this topic in my upcoming book. I would give you a title, but I don't have one yet. I'm, I'm, I have bated breath waiting for anything from my publisher right now and saying, when can I get a title? Please give me a title. But in my book, it is going to talk about yeast and it's going to give you a lot of information about yeast. But let's talk about it right now. Candida overgrowth is very much linked to a issue called leaky gut when the gut gut's mucosal lining is letting things through into the bloodstream that it's not supposed to. And it's not tight and it needs to be tight and it gets it gets too relaxed and lets things like bacteria, viruses, and yeasts through and it causes problems. During a yeast treatment, we want to keep your dogs from having carbohydrate. We don't want them to have sugar. We don't want them to have things like sweet potatoes and carrots and different things that have break down into sugar and definitely not kibble and definitely not things like corn and grain. No corn or grain. So Mary wrote in and asked, you know, how do you feed a dog with yeast? Well, Mary, let me tell you what I do. And this isn't every dog, but this is most dogs. So I look at a dog's energetics. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out my energetics course at canineherbalism.com. But I check out a dog's energetics. I make sure they're eating energetically appropriate food. And I bring it down to muscle and organ meat. Or I use an organ powder like Four Leaf Rover's uh, Guts and Glory, um, but also an organ meat. And I feed them meat, bone, and organ for t- only for 12 weeks. Meat, bone, and organ only for 12 weeks. And then I see how their yeast is doing. And then we slowly add in vegetable matter if that's something you want to do with your dog. And we balance out the diet. You want to be careful with adding in essential fatty acids during this time because of the fact that essential fatty acids can aggravate yeast. We also want to support the body with dealing with yeast. So I use I use homeopathy. I'll use like a no-sode or, well, a no-sode of candida. It's by professional formulas. I carry it in my store. I love it. I'll, I'll do that. And then I will use like things, greens like phytoplankton or chlorella or spirulina. I'll use those three greens. When I use spirulina, I use Dr. Tobias's spirulina. It's really well sourced and um, I trust his spirulina and he tests it. And then for chlorella, I really love Adored Beast soil and sea for this regimen. Otherwise, make sure you're using like a well-sourced organic chlorella. And then I use Adored Beast phytoplankton as well, just because I really like those products and I can depend on them. I trust them, which is a big thing in, in supplements. But there are other really great products out there. Just do your due diligence on asking about sourcing and things like that. So when you have yeast, you want to make sure that you are working on your dog's glycocalyx and IgA levels. So antibiotics, you can't give antibiotics without a repercussion. I I have said this before and I repeat myself to nauseam, I know, but antibiotics saved my life 
Cipro and Flagyl were given together. They're not supposed to be given together, by the way. I did find out that later. Cipro and Flagyl saved my life a long, long time ago, but it came at a cost. It caused yeast overgrowth. It caused th uh, thyroid disease and Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which I have, in my opinion, gotten rid of, went into remission, but um, still dealing with a little hypothyroid, uh, healing that up, caused food sensitivities, leaky gut, you know, I'm glad to be alive. And I've learned a lot through my health journey so that I can help other people through theirs. And yes, I do work with people. And I think, you know, having a perspective on what yeast, what antibiotics do to your body, to dealing with yeast, having that personal perspective for me is an important factor because I, one, can have empathy, but two, really learned how to deal with it. And so with dogs, you have to get that mucosal lining healed. And you have to increase IgA and glycocalyx because antibiotics destroy them. They bring down the numbers of glycocalyx and IgA. And what glycocalyx and IgA does is it helps commensal bacteria, good bacteria, adhere to the gut wall. Without it, without good levels, any type of probiotic is just going right down the poop chute and right out. And that's going to waste a lot of money. So go on the yeast diet for 12 weeks. Don't give probiotics at that time. You're going to give a little yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. You're going to give that yeast to your dog. It's neutral and it's I've seen it work in, you know, in lots of dogs. You kind of have to you know, you want to go for a large amount like 10 billion, but sometimes dogs can only handle a small amount. So start slow and work your way up. And you find your dosage in almost anything when you are giving a dosage that causes symptoms. And then the dosage before that, that didn't cause symptoms or being uncomfortable, that is your dose. Okay. And then you can, you can work your way up as time goes on, if your dog can tolerate it. So giving Saccharomyces boulardii for, I would say eight to 12 weeks, is a really good way to increase IgA and glycocalyx levels. And what I like about Adored Beast Soil NC is that it has chlorella and humic and fulvic acid. So it's really great for those dogs that are warm with yeast and slightly cool with yeast. And then if your dog is very cool, I would give Saccharomyces along with maybe a product called Ion Ion Biome, which is a humic and fulvic acid supplement along with spirulina. So you're going to do that and start supporting the gut. After you get done with that, then you can start adding in veg. You can start adding certain things in. One of the things that I like to do is I like to give digestive enzymes that include cellulase. You want your digestive enzyme to include cellulase in between meals and before bed. This helps clean up yeast. It helps clean up yeast byproducts. I also like to mix the, the digestive enzymes in between meals on empty stomachs with a zeolite spray. I sell one in my store. It's from RNA Supplements. It's a microtized zeolite spray. I've had good results with that. It's easy to give to dogs. I usually start out with one spray. I work my way up to two to three. If a dog's super small, they only need one spray. Um, but like a golden retriever, probably work my way up to 
three sprays twice a day. And that's going to help clean up any of the toxins that are released from yeast. And another thing that you need to realize with, with yeast is that heavy metals are at play. Yeasts love heavy metals and they bind to heavy metals. And when they die, heavy metals are released into the bloodstream and into the body. And that's an issue. So you definitely want to use a binder like zeolite to help get rid of heavy metals. There is another product that I carry in my store called Mountain Pine Phytoembryonic Therapy. And for an extra small dog, I use two drops. Small dog, like a pug, I use three to four drops. During this time of the yeast depletion, medium dog, like a spaniel or a corgi, I use four to five drops. And then golden retriever, five to six drops, extra extra big dog, six to eight drops. Those are a higher dosage than normal, but it's a very good mercury detox and metal detox. And using the zeolite as a binder is good. And, and you want to support metal detoxification. There's another remedy in my store. It's a homeopathic remedy. It's called, I think it's called Murtox. It's for, it's for metals. It's a homeopathic metal detox. Um, sometimes I'll use that too if, if a dog is having major issues with that. And you want to go slow and you don't want to add all these products in at once. You know, one at a time, separated by like five, five days is good. Add it in low and slow. Just kind of be consistent. Eventually the yeast will go away. And remember, the number one ingredient for all of this is patience. You've got to have patience. People do not have patience. You know, I have people emailing me all the time. My dog's been on this protocol for four weeks and it's it's not gone. Well, it's not going to be in many cases. This stuff takes time. Sometimes it can take six to eight months to get better. It took a long time to get this way. And some signs of yeast include allergies, you know, bad breath, bad breath in dogs, black skin on the body, a lot of butt itching, bladder infections, kidney infections, definitely constipation or diarrhea or alternating constipation and diarrhea, lots of itching, smelling like corn chips, um, ear discharge, food sensitivities, hair loss, especially hair loss on the tail and kind of the upper back, joint swelling, redness between the toes. And then there's dampness because yeast is a damp quality. It's a damp tissue state. And so you have sensitive to humidity. Those are some things. And, you know, antibiotics are the number one reason why yeast overgrows for sure. But there's also things like environmental toxins. Glyphosate is a big issue. Get out into your neighborhoods, tell people to stop using Roundup. Give them the uh, dish soap, white vinegar, and salt recipe. Give them that recipe. Type it up. You can Google it. It's out there. It's on my Facebook page on Canine Herbalist. It's in my private group. I'll try to bring it to the next podcast, but get people to stop using Roundup. Ask your stores to stop selling it. Glyphosate is today the modern DDT. It is awful. It's causing tons of cancer. It is rotten. Um, it is in our rainwater. It's everywhere. It's pervasive. It's going to take us a long time to get rid of it. And glyphosate causes the microbiome to deteriorate. It causes problems with our mitochondria and DNA expression. It is not non-toxic. So glyphosate's a big one. Mercury, you know, fish 
a lot of fish have a lot of mercury in it. That can cause yeast problems. Pharmaceuticals can cause yeast problems. Vaccinations can cause yeast problems. Processed diet, stress, and vaccines, if I didn't already say that. But the main one is antibiotics. And definitely number two is glyphosate. So we want to help that mucosal layer heal and then get rid of the overgrowth of yeast. You're not going to get rid of all the yeast. You want to get rid of the overgrowth of yeast. Okay. I have some more information in my book, but some of the herbs that are good for yeast would be calendula, a couple weeks of echinacea, ginger for those cool dogs, calendula for those cool dogs, echinacea golden seal, pretty okay for most dogs because we're going to give it for two weeks or less. Deglycerized licorice, pretty neutral. Marshmallow root for those warm dogs. Milk thistle, pretty good for, for both. Organ grape root, potiarco, turmeric, usnea. Lion's mane, phytoembryonic therapy, beech, olive, mountain pine. I love crab apple flower essence for most dogs having issues. I like to give that during the, like during the course of dealing with yeast. Supplements, activated charcoal, that's a good binder. Apple cider vinegar for cool dogs, MCT, MCT oil, all dogs. Bifobacterium, after you've done your Saccharomyces. Chlorella, spirulina, fermented foods for cool dogs after you've done your Saccharomyces. Humic and fulvic acid, monolaurin, N-acetylcysteine, it's called NAC, very good for yeast and the liver. And then zeolite. After you get your yeast in check, you can add back your omega-3s. That means after, you know, you've got, you're over that initial cleansing hump because omega fatty acids are excellent at killing candida and keeping it balanced, but they can cause extreme die off in the beginning. That's why you want to wait in order to add them. So that is a little bit about yeast. Yeasty, yeasty, yeasty. Oh, and speaking of yeasty, two companies that have yeast protocols are Four Leaf Rover. They have a yeast program called Yeast Free Phyto. And this is a just like a like a three product program that you can use to help your dog get over yeast. It helps like kind of get rid of the yeast coating because yeast have a coating to them. And then it helps clear out the yeast and then bring back good bacteria. And it is, uh, it's three products. It's called Yeast Guard, Digest, and Gut Guard. And you can use that together. I would definitely say that the products itself are a little on the cooling side. So this would be a really good one for warm dogs or slightly cool dogs for sure. But you could try it for your dog. It doesn't last very long. So it's going to be more of an acute acute program. And then we have uh, Adored Beast has another program called, I believe, Yeasty Beastie. Yeasty Beast. Yes, Yeasty Beast. Adored Beast Yeasty Beast Protocol. That is a liver tonic, a product called Yeasty Beast 1 and Yeasty Beast 2. That It's definitely more neutral 
in its energetics, but leans towards warming, okay? So more neutral, but leans towards warming. So if your dog is cool, I would try this one first and then possibly the four-leaf rover. And if your dog is warm, I'd try the four-leaf rover first and then maybe follow up with the Yeezy Beast from Adored Beast. Sometimes you need to do it for a while. So it's it's not a bad place to be, especially if you don't want to hire someone like myself or one of my colleagues to help you through the yeast issue or a natural practitioner or a holistic vet. You can definitely try these out first, but I would I would always use a binder like the Zeolite. And I would definitely consider if your dog is warm, I would consider the soil and see from Adored Beast with the the humic and fulvic acid mixed with chlorella. I would again use the Zeolite and I would support mercury detoxification during the process. If you have any questions about yeast, you can write into the podcast and you can find that on my website at canineherbalist.com and look under podcast communication in the menu. It's a little drop-down menu on my website. Uh, I think that's that's pretty much it for the podcast today. I do want to thank you for listening. I know a lot of people have been writing into the podcast saying how much you love the podcast. Please share this podcast with people. I will tell you as soon as I have a title for my book, a lot of people have written into the podcast asking about, when can I buy the book? When can I buy the book? I don't know. I'm hoping it's going to be out for Christmas. So, and I really, am, I, I'm not a big fan of the word hope, but that's, I, I don't know where else to sit in that one because I don't have a lot of control over it. It's my publisher. I will keep you up to date. I will definitely keep you up to date. Again, having fun with the podcast. Love it. Um, oh, there's another thing that someone asked me about the podcast. Am I going to have guests? Right now, I am not. So this year, I'm not going to have guests on the podcast. Next year, I very well may have guests on the podcast. Uh, this year's just really full. Can't add anything more to my schedule and scheduling guests and doing all that stuff is not my cup of tea. So um, for right now, I am not having guests on my podcast. It's just going to be me. It's rantings of an herbalist whose life has gone to the dogs. And that is what's going on this first year of the Dogs or Individuals podcast. I do want to thank my sponsor, realmushrooms.com. I love their products. I use their products every day. I spec their products every day in my protocols. Really loving their tremella mushroom and their lion's mane mushroom. I do want to say one thing about the lion's mane mushroom. In my opinion, it's unlike the a lot of the other mushrooms, like the reishi, the turkey tail, the cordyceps, in that you don't need a large amount of lion's mane to see its benefits. You know, you definitely need don't need to work towards material dosages in in the lion's mane. I start out slow and work your way up. When you get to a dose that causes, you know, anything out of the ordinary, especially when it comes to the nervous system and musculoskeletal system, that's where I see most of things like twitching and things like that. You want to go back down to the dose that doesn't cause those things. And that's where you're going to, that's your healing spot. I do want to say that, but I love their lion's mane. Really great cordyceps using their chaga right now, just trying to figure out like what the benefits and like not the benefits, but like how to use their chaga in kind of compared to other chaga that I've harvested from a forest. They're grown on birch logs and just kind of 
just kind of being with the plant, being with the product. And I will let you know about that. But realmushrooms.com, check them out. They're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful folks making really great fruiting body products. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dogs Are Individuals. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So if you love Dogs Are Individuals podcast, share it with your friends and family who love dogs. This will help me so much. And remember, as a listener, I appreciate you. Much thanks to Resonant Media, my podcast production team. This podcast is produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. Any questions? Email the show. Go to canineherbalist.com, click podcast contact in the menu, and then fill out that form and I'll answer any questions here online. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dogs Are Individuals podcast, and I'm going to talk to you in our next episode. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for veterinary care. This podcast doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor, veterinarian, or healthcare provider first before starting anything new, and that includes herbs. I'm not a doctor, and I don't treat disease or prescribe anything. I'm a traditional herbalist providing herbal support education only. Regarding any products I may suggest, the statements made regarding these products have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here on the podcast is not meant as a substitute or alternative to information from your vet. Please consult your veterinary professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product.